0: Hey, 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 diet riders. Welcome back to the Diet Ride Podcast. I'm Alyssa Miller.
1: And I'm Brooke Miller, and we're both dietitians. Both moms. Both from the Midwest.
0: Both live in Denver.
1: And still quarantined. <laughs> okay. How do
0: we get that? I want to do that every time so that you're stuck after we do it.
1: Both Millers,
0: both have sons with the letter A in their name, all the things, right? Yeah, both they know. Of
1: husbands with,
0: both with le- husbands. letter J who, know. you know, work
1: in IT. It's just, are we it's the crazy. same person?
0: It's crazy. It, listen, we're the same basically. No, I it? feel like we what have, we have a to lot say? of
1: differences.
0: We really do. What is? What do I always say? We say not, not related, related, just
1: redundant.
0: There we go. Not. I couldn't even remember my own quote. My own. I know. Quote. <laughs> it's too hard. Well, I actually, deserve. talking about what we have in common with our families brings us to what we're talking about today, you guys. We mm-hmm. have decided to do a two-parter episode for you, talking about intuitive eating. As a family, so like mm-hmm. we always say at the beginning of the podcast, we're moms, we're wives, we have a family, and intuitive eating, although is a very personal journey, when you're living with other people, and and this can be true for you. If you're not married, don't tune out, okay? Like if you have a roommate or people that you spend large amounts of time with, this episode is going to be helpful for you. Um, mm-hmm. But we do want to approach the idea that intuitive eating, although is very personal, is not done in isolation, like. If you're living with a family or roommates or whatever, it's going to affect other people. So we're going to talk a little bit about how and what that looks like. And then in not next week's episode, but the week after that, we will be dropping part two of this episode where we talk about raising intuitive eaters specifically, which is one of my favorite topics to talk about of all time, as I'm sure most Mm -hmm. of you know. (laughs) So all right. So on the topic of a family of an intuitive eater, Brooke, do you feel like Jesse is an intuitive eater?
1: Um, I feel like he's pretty good. If you yeah. could judge someone else. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I think men have an easier time overall. And that's very totally. sexist to me to say. But yep. I think that they they have less food rules. I think they have less diet culture-y stuff pressure. It totally depends on their job. You know, I have a friend who's a dancer and I was actually talking to him about it and he's like, no, I have like a lot of, um, like I hear a lot about this actually in my industry. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very industry specific. Um, so we had a really good conversation about that, but I think, you know, our husbands, they do desk IT jobs. Like that's just, they're not, um, flaunting their body they're not like their job has nothing to do with their body so I think for our husbands it's a little bit easier than somebody who's a performer or an actor or an an artist like somebody yeah athlete just anybody who's in the spotlight and, and their body is being judged and looked at it's very different um so yeah I do feel like overall he's a pretty good intuitive eater um he'll definitely like make jokes about things and say like he'll be eating the ice cream and I'm like oh are you eating ice cream Cause I'm asking for some and he'll be like, no, don't judge me. I'm being intuitive, you know? And he'll like, <laughs> definitely, he's definitely picking up on a lot of things. Um, So it's been kind of cool to see him like learn and go on this journey yeah. together. So what yeah, about I kind of feel
0: the same way. I feel like Josh is like, he's intuitive and I think it's just like in his nature. And I think, mm-hmm. okay, back to like the sexist comments, if we can just be like sexist for a minute. Okay. Like yes. we've told you this podcast is not politically correct. Here we are. Men struggle with a lot of things, but I think their body image is different than us. So like they have different expectations. It doesn't mean they don't have any and they don't have any Mm -hmm. pressure, but I think it's different and it's perpetuated differently in our culture. Like I feel like women like, as women, we, it's like very obvious what's expected of us and the pressures that are put on us. So men, it might be like a little more sneaky and maybe we can do an entire episode on it. I need to educate myself more on it, honestly, because yeah. I don't fully understand it, which I think is important to bring light to. So that being said, they have their own ish, okay? But for my husband specifically, like he doesn't give a shit. Like he literally just yeah. doesn't care. Like if someone were to make a comment about his body, like he'd be like, cool, Whatever, like he would, mm-hmm. it would not bug him, and truly, honestly, would not bug him the way that it would necessarily bug a woman or myself, especially like hung up in diet culture. So his choices yeah. of what to eat very rarely come into place of what his body looks like. Like you right. can tell that those things to those two things are not correlated. Like even mm-hmm. when I talk to him about like working out, he'll like do a workout in the morning. And he'll express to me like, yeah, I just feel like really weak. You know, I'm really tired. I'm really weak. I just don't feel like super strong. I just want to like build up my muscle or whatever. It's not necessarily body image propelled. So it's just different, right? So it's been really kind of interesting to see because I do think he's intuitive by default. I think we all are intuitive. Like we're born intuitive eaters. More on that later. But I don't think he's had diet culture like perpetuate or to like penetrate his life in a way that changes the way he eats. So it's been a relatively easy transition living with him, you know, preparing food around him. Like he doesn't have any strict food rules, but, and we'll get into this in part two. Definitely with parenting, it's brought out things that I'm like, wait, why Mm -hmm. do you think that? Like, where is that coming from? Or why are you telling our son that? Like, That is totally not correct. So I do think he still has food roles that he's completely unaware of. And I'm unaware of because I make the food choices for the family. Like, Yeah. And this will be interesting to hear because you and I are actually different in this, I think. Like Jesse does the grocery shopping and the cooking majority of the time, right? Yeah,
1: majority of the time. Mm -hmm. I
0: do the majority. I wouldn't even call it the majority. I feel like that's too weak of a word. (laughs) 100% because I've totally seen you cook and grocery shop. Like you definitely contribute in that area for sure. I do
1: it. I don't, I I don't, I don't
0: love it. (laughs) Yeah, sure. But I do probably, I would say a hundred percent of the grocery shopping, the meal planning, the menu prep or the meal prepping and the cooking. So it's hard for me to see his food rules come to fruition because he's not in charge of it. Like honestly, Mm -hmm. I'm in charge of meals and snacks at the house. Like Pretty much period, especially during quarantine. Like there's rarely a time that he's reaching for food or preparing something that I'm not physically in charge of. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Which is Yeah. Different. So it'd be interesting to hear what our viewers, what our listeners do at home.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, what we do, especially as moms, it affects our entire household. So our relationship with our body and our food rules. Um, But that goes the same with men. So if there is a man or woman in the household, if, if anybody in your household is really struggling with diet rules and diet culture and body image things, and they're projecting that onto you, it can absolutely affect your body image and your food rules. And so It is, I would say the the people you live with probably have the greatest effect um, with your relationship with food in your body versus just like a friend that you casually see. So it is important that we heal our relationship with food in our body so that um, everybody in our household can, hopefully they can learn from us and learn from how we're feeling mentally, physically, emotionally with food. But it's hard. I mean, I definitely hear often that people say, like, I'm living with somebody, whether it's a spouse or a roommate or whoever, um, they have a lot of food rules. They're judging my food choices. They're making comments about my body. And that's a really hard place to be in. It's really Mm -hmm. hard. Um, So I think- it's
0: constant pressure. You feel like you're probably, like, walking on eggshells when you're making a choice. If you're living with someone, whether it's your partner, your spouse, whatever, that Is has very different ideas and very different food roles. You probably feel like you're walking on eggshells. Like, oh, am I gonna make this choice? Are they gonna see it? Are they gonna think of me this way? Are they gonna say something? Are they gonna make a comment? Whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, that cannot be a very fun environment to live in. Like, we need food to survive. Food is comfort, food is fuel. Like, food is Mm -hmm. so many things in our life, like connection, and it feeds our soul, it makes us feel good. Like, there are so many things that food is. And if we don't feel safe to make choices, in our home that are like, supportive of that, that can be a really toxic environment, I can imagine.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's just it's hard to go on this journey in general. But to go on this journey without the support of your household is really hard. I mean, granted, if you have small kids, they have no idea what's going on. <laughs> um, you're not, they're not necessarily like projecting their food rules onto you when they're like a baby. <laughs> but it is important for everyone in your household to kind of be on the same page and to have these discussions because especially raising kids, which we'll get into in the next episode, but it's really hard if you're just on very different pages, especially like um, one thing I see often is women, especially like they'll go on a diet and then they'll be eating something different than everyone else in the household. And then the kids are left wondering why is mom eating this, but dad's eating this. And It's like so unfair to see that because it's, you're seeing mom always eating a salad or vegetable. There's nothing wrong with eating salads or vegetables. They're delicious. We should all be, you know, incorporating those foods into our diet at some point. But Um, when it's constantly mom and dad are eating different things because dad is just naturally thin and he doesn't have to work at it. But mom um, always has to be working on her weight, quote unquote. And if she feels, she may feel like if she eats the pasta for dinner with the family, she's going to gain weight. So she says no to the pasta and only eats the salad. And These are the issues that we want to break. We want to make sure that everyone in the household is enjoying the same foods. So we should never have two adults that are, you know, unless there's an allergy, totally get that, like an allergy and intolerance. And, you know, I know people too, where somebody doesn't like fish in the household and one, they only like chicken. So when you grill, maybe you grill a variety of foods. Maybe you grill chicken and fish so that everybody can have something they like. That's a little different, but I'm talking about when you're refusing to eat what the family's eating because it's too high carb or it's too, too much sugar, or you believe that it's going to make you fat, or you believe that it's over your calorie calorie goal for the day. I mean, that is where we're running into issues and that's what we want to prevent.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think like to your point of making things different or making things all the same like it's okay to have nuances in family it's okay to celebrate that and to try new things it's actually a really great encourager to get curious with food right like okay right. how does my I've now moved in with my boyfriend he eats completely differently than I do um, instead of feeling f- afraid or scared or stuck in my food rolls and really overwhelmed take this as an opportunity to expand your um, variety of what types of foods you eat. Like take this opportunity to get curious. Brooke and I say this all the time, shifting from that fear diet culture mentality to a place of curiosity. Okay, how does this work? Is this something I enjoy doing? And trying to make it as inclusive as possible in your family. So I think this specifically, like if if you live with your partner or spouse, and you want to have that connection over food, I think it's really important. I think it's where we build connection and foundation um, at the table, especially once we have kids. This is super important and proves to be so in the research for long-term success in life. Like, things you wouldn't even think are connected to the table are connected at the the table. But um, this is really important. Now, obviously, if you're living with just a roommate, no, you guys do not have to eat together, eat the same foods, all things. Like, you guys are separate human beings, totally fine. But I would tune into that idea of what are they pushing me on? Like, what are they kind of poking holes in my food rules or bringing my attention to that I need to address and heal, heal my relationship with food? We had, um, if you guys didn't catch our episode with Bonnie, it was so, so good. And Mm -hmm. she talked about this when she moved in with her husband yeah. She had realized that oh, I thought I was being intuitive with food or I thought I had control over food. And then he came in and brought his bag of chips and brought his whatever and I <laughs> totally freaked me out. How <laughs> <laughs> dare he bring those Cheetos in here? Chips. <laughs> yes. And because we can get kind of controlling and we can think that we're being intuitive, but really we're just being like rigid. But it feels like, oh, this is the food that I buy. But you're never really confronted with anything else. And that's probably especially so during COVID. Like, you probably aren't going to as many parties. You probably aren't being confronted with foods you're not used to or being pushed out of your comfort zone. So taking it as an opportunity to say, okay, why do I feel discomfort? Where is that coming from? Is it real? Is it perceived? Is it something I need to work on and heal? Or is it something that I maybe need to talk to my spouse or partner about? And actually, I wanted to make a quick distinction because we didn't really address this at the beginning. Because we talked about the differences between men and women. But we do have some members and some people that listen who are in same-sex same, um, same sex Uh, Marriages or relationships. So, Mm -hmm. two women together, I mean, I can't imagine that must be really hard in the household because we just talked about how we think women are diet cultures perpetuated a little bit harder on them and more intentionally driven (laughs) right in their face. So, that can be really excruciatingly painful. But regardless of what your relationship looks like, I think having a conversation about it. It's not something that's like normalized to talk about like your relationship to food, but to actually have that conversation, especially if you're going through this journey of intuitive eating, telling them where you're at and what you're comfortable with or what you're working through or things that are making it harder for you to complete this journey. Like if their food comments or their body comments are bothering you and triggering you, sitting them down and having a helpful productive adult conversation about what you need for them in terms of support, right? Like right. actually addressing it.
1: Yeah, for sure. That it can be such an a, such an issue. And it's it's hard because when people first hear about intuitive eating, a lot of especially men who've like never heard of it, they're just like, oh, you're you're just making excuses. You're just like wanting to not give a f about your de- about your health it's okay like,
0: you can swear I've now marked okay. all of our episodes explicit so people know okay <laughs> good We're your maths
1: your maths everybody but Earmuffs. like people think you know you don't give a fuck about your health you you've just given up you're just going to be fat and unhealthy for the rest of your life I mean that is like some things that I've heard from multiple men and trolls on the internet. I mean, it's insane what you hear from people. Um, But when they don't understand it, and they're not open to learning, I think it's really hard. It's really hard, because then you're feeling super alone on this journey. And so I think that's why it's so important to you know, clean up your feed and follow people um, on social media who are positive and find other friends, talk to girlfriends or sisters or daughters or moms or anybody that you know that maybe um, is going on this intuitive eating journey with you. I think it's so important to have community because when you're living in a household where there is only rigidity, there's only diet culture rules. There's only talk about your weight. I mean, that is so, so, so draining and stressful and toxic. And so it is really important to do your best to of course be open with that person and how they're making you feel, but finding support in other areas of your life too, whether that's a therapist or whether that's a best friend or whether it's other diet riot members or like listeners just People who maybe you're new to this and you want to tell your best friend about it, that, you know, have them buy the book, have them listen to all the podcasts. Um, like not even just our podcast, like other podcasts. Um, and just- I know, I always feel like we're like selling
0: it. You guys, we're not trying to sell it. We just, we know like pitch it or what is that called? Like plug it, Same shameless plug. <laughs> we're not yeah. trying to like shamelessly plug our podcast and our membership and all these things, but it is so important. The shift in your life when you find community, when you are yeah. able to bond- Yeah, it's huge over how you approach food and eating. Like, we eat three times a day, minimum. Okay. We are surrounded by food. Food is very emotional. So, to not have any support in that realm of your life, that's really hard. That's really Mm -hmm. alienating. Like, to not be on the same page as someone you live with is really hard. So, what Brooke is saying is that community factor is so important. So, bringing them along on your journey, like, we so for those of you who don't know we have a membership diet writers membership where people connect and we chat all the time inside the membership and support each other it's an incredible incredible environment for people who have no one else or they just don't fully understand their struggles it's a great place to come alongside other women who are struggling through the same thing and hear mm-hmm. from them learn from them support them lift them up it's been incredible now Our membership doors don't open again for a little while. We will let you know when they do. But that being said, find a community anyways around this Mm -hmm. podcast. I mean, literally send our podcast to a friend or a family member and say, hey, I've been trying something new with my nutrition. I'd love for you to check it out with me and tell me what you think and talk about it. You have a jumping off point that isn't immediately rooted in diet culture, like, girl, I feel so fat, or I miss the gym, or oh, those Mm -hmm. cookies are dangerous, or whatever we typically say to bond with another woman over diet culture. Now you have another topic to immediately bond over, like this podcast, or like Brooke is saying, if it's not your podcast that you want to talk about, find another podcast, find another book. It's totally fine. I don't want to say we're just like shamelessly plugging us, but it is something really foundational to relationships that we want to change and shift that conversation into a more positive, productive conversation rather than just like bonding over diet culture, which people tend to do. I'm guilty of right. it too, by the way.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've both been there. I mean, I've had so many friends like, you know, constantly say that it's so hard because you want, it's it's hard because people don't see themselves all the time for all, you know, all the good that they bring and they're just so fixated on their flaws. And I mean, we all have flaws. We all, none of us are perfect. We all have flaws. And so it's a really cool way, like intuitive eating is a really cool way to like lift each other up and hold each other accountable for positive self-talk and moving away from body negativity. And so whether that is just, Hey, let's start a book club. Let's all read intuitive eating over the next month. And let's talk about it. That would be an amazing starting point. Um, Or even the book health at every size, that would be another great one. Just start with the material. Um, I think those books are really important. I don't think you can really start this journey without at least like, really kind of understanding the basic principles that um, those books have. So I think that's the first step. And then, yeah, there's so many good podcasts out there. so many good ones. I mean, we just had a post, I think last week on diet writers, where we shared like, I think it was like five or six of our favorite intuitive eating podcasts. So there are free resources out there for you to just start your journey. And then, you know, I just think it is so important to talk to your household about what you're doing. Um, because you want to have that support overall from other people and you can lead by example. So you can show your household, like, hey, this is working for me. I'm really happy. I'm feeling good about my food choices. I'm still pursuing health. Um, I'm putting the scale away. Like I'm hiding the scale. And maybe you don't even tell everybody in your family. Maybe you just throw it in the dumpster and oops, the tooth fairy stole the scale. The (laughs) tooth fairy she Santa made a came. special surprise it. visit
0: the Grinch came and stole my scale it's so yeah weird.
1: I mean it's like you can remove that scale out of your bathroom and if yeah. somebody in your household does not want you to tell them that they can bring it into their own bedroom or they can bring it into a closet and if they want to pull it out that's on them but you don't you have, have to go do in the scary like
0: basement it. with the washer and dryer and do a load with of laundry the down there <laughs> with the
1: spiders that scale oh my gosh to the spiders um, my husband killed the largest spider in our basement yesterday and we I had a huge to spider too in our house. It was what?
0: terrifying and it was what's fat. happening. It was fat. It was huge and gushy and gross. Ugh. You guys Colorado we don't like have bugs. So I know I'm <laughs> when not we used see to a spider, We're like whoa
1: uh, we snakes
0: though. But yes. um yeah, I wanted to give you guys some tips for having this conversation because it can be really hard. So whether yeah. it's a partner, a spouse, a you know, best friend, someone you live with, someone you just spend a lot of time with, whatever that looks like, an adult. Okay, let's be really clear. This conversation is to be had with an adult, not around children. So, mm-hmm. but this is an important conversation to have so that you can move forward in both working together and they can support you. People want to support you, okay? Mm-hmm. So if they're doing things to actively harm you first of all get the fuck out okay yeah. <laughs> do you like how I stuttered before you I prepared? love you guys She
1: can't swear it so. I can't swear
0: <laughs> it's so hard guys my sorry, mom I'll listens to this you. podcast hurry mom Fine. I'll do it for I'm you I'm sorry uh, <laughs> so okay so here are some tips for you so first and foremost, I want you to have this conversation away from anyone else, just you and your partner or spouse or whoever you're talking to, just the mm-hmm. two of you. I want you to have it in, um, not in the heat of the moment. So plan yes. a time to talk, you know, after the kids go to bed or, you know, after you've been fed and you're not hangry, they're not hanging. Yes. everyone's in a decent <laughs> Absolutely. mood. Have the conversation and not it as a response to a negative food comment, like, Okay, we're gonna have this throwdown right here and right now. Like, this is a level headed conversation. So, what I want you to do is start the conversation with something along the lines of Hey, I've been trying something new. Hey, I've been working on this. Can I share it with you? Are you okay with if I share this with you? You know, like, invite them into the conversation in a way that makes them feel a part of it, encouraged, empowered, and talk about you. Don't sit there yeah. and go, you always do this. You always do that. You always say that. Like, this is not going to be a constructive <laughs> criticism of them. This mm-hmm. is going to be an attack. So instead, talk about you and what you need to feel supported. Like, hey, Brooke, I really feel supported when you don't make food comments about what I'm choosing to eat. Right. I do I don't do well when people tell me how much I should be eating or when I should be eating. I don't do well when people are giving me side eye looks when I go for another thing of ice cream, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you can pull from real life examples without being in an attacking way. I hope that makes kind of sense. But And this is my approach. Now, some people out there are far more direct than me and can say the F word without stuttering. Okay. Me, me, me. (laughs) That's me. Exactly. And for you people, maybe for you, it is more direct and saying, hey, you did this last night and it really hurt me. Here's why. And here's how you can help me next time. You can totally be more direct. And honestly, if it continues to be a problem, I do think you should be more direct. Yeah. But. In general, diet culture is sneaky. There's a lot of people who don't realize they're perpetuating it and making it worse Mm -hmm. for you. And I like to believe the good in people is that they're not out there to make you feel like shit. Okay, (laughs) like they're out there to support you. They think that they care about you enough to share about your health and talk about your health. Now, it may not actually be helpful. And that's where we need to point out that like misconception. It's a misstep and correct them and how they can support you best. And finally, yes. if you don't want to have a big conversation, again, all you need to all you need to do is start with an invitation to the conversation, and then say, "I'm still educating myself about it, but if you're interested in learning more, here's this podcast recommendation, here's this book mm-hmm. recommendation, you know, or whatnot, or let them know until I have some actionable steps for how you can help me." I would appreciate it if we kept body comments or food comments to a minimum, if not none at all, until Mm -hmm. I can come to you with a list of things that can help you. A lot of times with my husband, I have to be super clear with him. Like, hey, I know you think what you're doing is supportive, but it's actually putting more pressure on me. Here's what you can do instead. And I might have to remind him of that a few times before he gets it. But once he does, our relationship like literally escalates like we are so much closer and he wants to make me feel good. He wants to help me and he wants to know how to do that, but it might take some time and that's okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends on your relationship too. some people um, have more direct relationships where it's like they need to be very blunt. Um, And like you said, it depends on how long this has been going on. If it was like one backhanded comment, and they honestly really didn't realize it, I think it's totally appropriate to say, hey, that comment you said the other day kind of bothered me. Um, And they if if they really respect you, they're going to say, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to work on that. And they will. They'll, they'll work on it. That doesn't mean that they're going to be perfect and never say anything like that again. I mean, we all say things that we regret or we say things in a way that come off very different than what we meant, like, all the time. I think mean, we all do that in all aspects of our life, whether it's work, in our households, with our friends. Like, no matter what, we've all said things that have come out in a way that we're like, oh, that's not really how I meant it. Um, but I think it is okay to be direct and say, Hey, like, I feel this way when you say things like this and you make me or like, I feel this way when you do things like this. And so, yeah, maybe I'm being sensitive, but if you could please, you know, just kind of change the way that you talk about food and body, I would really appreciate that. Like I'm really struggling with it. And so I think just having those conversations and if they don't get it, then maybe it's just a, Hey, like you cannot talk about food or body around me at all because you're not being
0: helpful. Yeah. Just setting
1: boundaries of this isn't helpful for me. And I think the other thing that is um, a big issue with this is a lot of times our family members think like, well, if you're not eating all fruits and vegetables and drinking water and going to the gym five days a week, you're not healthy. And that's the hard thing is a lot of times people are like, well, I'm just looking out for their best interests. I'm just looking out for their health okay, but if this person is relatively healthy and taking care of themselves and they're just not the weight that you want them to be at, that's different. That is different. And again, I get it. Like if I had a family member who was like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day and I always go to cigarettes just because it's one thing that is directly linked to to lung cancer. Like there is a very strong correlation with that. Um, and it's but like not if,
0: in your DNA, you're choosing, you know, right. You're
1: right. And so that is a hard thing to deal with because you're like, Hey, like this is really affecting your health. Like I would really love you, if you yeah. stopped. Yeah. And that is a different conversation than, Hey, like, I know you're working out five days a week. I know you're eating healthy, but like you need to lose 30 pounds. Right. So can you work on that? Like, that's a different conversation. And so health, your health status is not defined by your weight. Um, health is, is a term that embodies so many things. So stress, sleep, um, all of our, like all of our lab values, um, what we're doing on a daily basis, mentally, physically, emotionally, are we moving? Are we meditating? Are we like, there's so many aspects of health. It's not just diet and exercise. And so, you can say to somebody, Hey, like I'm really working on my mental health. I'm working with a therapist or I'm working on this. Um, this is kind of my focus right now. So if you can just back off a little bit on the food and exercise, because I'm really trying to heal, you know, some of my, some of my mental health. And we would argue, like, I think with most people, like, Hey, your mental health is just not as important or if not more important than your physical health. And so totally. we are not taking care of our mental health, like we're doing ourselves a disservice. And so it is really important that like people understand like keeping like having a healthy body and mind, it's it's hard work. It's so much maintenance. It's so hard like to be healthy in every aspect of our life. We're doing the best we can, and we all could do better you know we all could like work on our mental health and physical health and emotional health better and better like we can all get better and improve it but I think that um a lot of times people just see it as very black and white of you know well you're not this weight so you're obviously not taking care of yourself and that's may not be true
0: and I think it's important to remember that like okay if they want to have that conversation with you and they point it back to your health and they're like hey I'm just concerned for you a great response to that is, okay, I've heard you. Thank you for voicing your opinion. This is how I'm going to choose to take care of my health. And now we've had the conversation. It's done. We don't need to keep rehashing it. And same thing with the yes. cigarettes, honestly, like using that as an example. Like, yeah. I'm going to bring that up once with you, and I'm going to tell you what my concerns are. You've heard it. Now you get to choose whatever you're going to do. Personal responsibility, man. Like, mm-hmm. it is up to you now. You've been armed yeah. with the information. I'm telling you I'm concerned about you. I'm t- it's coming from a place of love. But it's not my job to sit there and harp on you. It's your life, right. you know? Right. Regardless, it's your life. Now, obviously, it's sometimes a little bit more emotional than that when it's like your spouse and they're the the father to your children or whatever. But it is important to remember that it's still all about personal responsibility. It's what works for us and to Mm -hmm. keep the focus there. So I think that's really important. I think remembering that um, the conversations can be nuanced and evolved and two-sided. It's okay if we differ with opinions. It doesn't mean we need to like Separate and divorce, right? Now, that mm-hmm. being said, if your relationship is abusive and they are continuing to harp on you and make you feel like shit and continue to beat you up and phys- physically or verbally abuse you, get out, get out, mm-hmm. get help, talk to somebody like a uh, huge asterisk here. Like, of course, get help. If you are being, of course, physically abused, <laughs> verbally abused, any of those things, like mm-hmm. get help, reach out. So, that being said, I think that goes without saying, but just a reminder. So, Mm-hmm. now to remind you that everyone has their own journey with intuitive eating and learning that what the truth is and what intuitive eating really means it takes time to learn and unlearn diet culture so we also mm-hmm. can't punish people for being two five ten years behind our journey right. and expect them just to like know it all of a sudden we have to have mm-hmm. a little grace we have to have some understanding but set your boundaries and stick to them okay
1: yeah I love that I love that that was that was a great point at the end
0: Yeah, I think that's good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Accolades. Um, Yeah, you guys just know that we're actively going through this. Like we said, our husbands both aren't perfect. We are far from perfect, obviously, which is why we started this podcast. So it's always going to be an ever changing, you know, uh, relationship, but just just like any other relationship. So continue to have grace, continue to have understanding and move forward in those, having those like peaceful conversations. Um, So that is all for this episode. We wanted to focus more on the spouse, the roommate, the partner, that kind of area. But make sure to subscribe to the podcast so it downloads automatically for you, so that you can catch part two, where we're going to talk all about how to raise intuitive eaters. So talking all about that mom life, and or Mm -hmm. any other person that might be in your life that's little. I mean, we've had several people on Diet Riders and my Mom and Me RD account reach out to us like, "Oh, I'm an aunt. This helps me so much." Or I've had a a lot too. Yeah, Yeah. or aunt, aunt's are awesome ants are freaking sweet I love being an ant so yes anyways tune in in two weeks I think for episode number two so you want to make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it all right guys thanks for tuning in we'll see you next Tuesday bye